You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the What is Going to Be the Wednesday Wallop. Once again, as always, I am Craig Borden here as your host with my buddy, Brendan Panikar. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing awesome. It's a wonderful Tuesday evening, soon to be Wednesday morning, and it's baseball season, man, so we're that close. Early spring, anyway. Um, joining us tonight... We have Callum Hewson of the uh, Mop-Up Duty, who has been a frequent visitor at Dunedin that is going to wa- give us some wonderful insight to wandering around town in spring training. Callum, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Craig. Yeah, it's um, exciting stuff. You know, spring training games start this weekend, so we're going to dive right into all the fun and... Hopefully you got some good insight for everybody to, you know that happens to be listening to this podcast mingling around the town of Dunedin in the, over the weekend here. Absolutely. So, fellas, first thing, we got to talk elephant in the room. And whichever side of the fence you fall on or if you're on both, uh, Marcus Stroman has made it a point known in Blue Jays news lately that he's not terribly happy with what's been going on and how he's been handled with the current administration of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Callum, you're our guest. Uh, you've heard the news, I'm assuming. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> uh, how about your two cents on what is going on between the front office and more or less just Blue Jays players of late? Well, in regards to Stroman's situation in particular, I can understand where he's coming from. Uh, he's a, an athlete. He likes to compete. He wants to win. And uh, it's going to be quite a long time before the Blue Jays are, are competing at a high level again. So I think... That was mostly just him blowing off steam, but uh, he should know uh, as a Rogers employee that uh, Rogers is going to uh, make payroll decisions based on the shareholders' best interests, and that probably isn't going to include spending a lot of money on veteran uh, ballplayers as, as valuable as their intangibles may or may not be. Yeah, so Brendan, how about you weigh in, buddy? 
Yeah, I uh, I think Stroman just realizes that he's a trade chip, and if he pitches well, he's going to be dealt at the deadline. I mean, him and Sanchez and maybe some of a few of the other veterans that everybody can think of being trade chips know that their their timeline just doesn't match up with what the Jays want to do anymore. They're re, they're building currently rebuilding uh, and looking more so towards 2020 and 2021 that when they can be competitive again. Now, on the opposite side of that, you can say, well, yeah, Strowman could be extended because he's still somewhat young and can lead the rotation for the next few years. But if he wants to do that, he's got to pitch better than, a, what it, was it, a 5.54 ERA that he had in 2018? Whether that was injury-related or not, still got to pitch better than that. So I get it. I, 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 he's frustrated. He wants to see more veterans in here to help out the young guys. But the one thing that I didn't like about what he had to say was he brought up the whole uh, nobody else in Toronto embodies the city the way I have uh, because it's just not natural. Like, what does that even mean? You like it? <laughs> Great. Be here, right? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, which way is he going with that one is what brings up the wonderful question as things go. Plus, um, at least in my opinion, it's not 2015, 2016 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and the last couple of years, we haven't seen the Marcus Stroman that we'd kind of gotten accustomed to. Last year, battling injuries, whatever, uh, stamina issues, I have no idea what it was. But as far as it goes, you know, like you said, that ERA was slightly inflated. Yeah, he had a nice little resurgence at the end of the season, but I kind of want to know, if I'm going to extend you, which Marcus Stroman I am getting in that situation and I don't think they have enough data to make that information ready yet at this point. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, I think for a little while they've been waiting to make a true call on between who to extend between Stroman and Sanchez. I think if they had their choice, it'd be Aaron Sanchez. But again, he hasn't been healthy enough either the last few years to be worthy of an extension. So wouldn't surprise me if they both get shipped out by the deadline if they get off to good start. Especially with some of the prospects we've been, you and Brendan and I have been talking about on the uh, countdown here, and we're going to have one of the other pitchers here that's pretty hefty on tonight's part of that countdown. Um, as far as things go, it's just what do you do with those two guys? And a lot of it, I think, comes down to if you could sign one or the other back, yes, you might lean one direction or the other. Sanchez has the Boris connection where Stroman doesn't. There's about 10 billion arguments there. But. I'll ask the two of you just candidly. Um, Callum, if you had a chance to sign Marcus Stroman to an extension based off today's data, you think he'd even take it? Because I think we're going to be lowballing. Right. So I, I would uh, definitely offer a lowball extension. Would he take it? Probably not. I think he thinks he's a lot uh, better of a pitcher than he really is. And good on him as an athlete. You have to have that attitude. But. Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable um, putting a lot of money into Stroman because we haven't really seen who the real Marcus Stroman is just yet. Brandon, you know what? If, yeah, if Aaron Nola just signed a four-year, $45 million extension, if they offered Stroman right around the same thing, and, no, and Aaron Nola is a better pitcher than Marcus Stroman. Nola is a, a legitimate ace. If they offered the exact same thing to Marcus Stroman, I think he would find that insulting. Uh, and that's quite clear based on how much he's made complaints the last few years. Luckily, not this year, but years, pre uh, years past about going into arbitration over, over what seems like pennies. So I even think if they offered something like Nola, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take it, and he would probably throw another fit. Yeah. 
And just to put that in perspective, we're one year removed from Jose Bautista saying he was a $300 million guy. <laughs> <laughs> so and just to say that Manny Machado just got that today, just to give everybody perspective on fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if honestly, if I'm Marcus Stroman, and after a year like that, I don't know if you could slam that Aaron Nola contract and honestly management's probably looking at him like look this is your deal you take it this is a good deal for you right now right yep yeah i mean that's still over 10 per year for Aaron Nola, so i mean i would like to be making over 10 million per year so i know stroman probably thinks he's much better and he has pitched better but as of right now if they offered him that i'd be taking that in a heartbeat yeah but as far as the bargaining chip goes now you go out you made the comment now it's put up or shut up time, right? <laughs> so, as far as it goes, I honestly hope he does come out of spring training and shows exactly what he is capable of because we have seen it, especially, like I said, in 2015-2016, leading a pitching staff, more or less. And he is supposedly our ace, tandemed up with the Strochez kind of fun that we have ha- used to have. And this year, we need them to eat up innings. So I hope it goes that way. But... Anyways, before we beat a dead horse now together with this fun with the Marcus Stroman, do you guys got anything else to add to that, or should we move on to the next thing? Uh, I think, personally, Sanchez is the ace of the staff, and if you have to choose between Sanchez and Stroman, it's no-brainer. You keep Sanchez, you deal Stroman. Yeah, we're just hoping I the agree. Padres are looking to low ball after spending way too much money <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> on Manny Machado, correct? Exactly. No, I, I agree with you, Callum. I uh, I was saying that even a few years ago. Even Stroman, I mean, Stroman had a decent 2017, actually a pretty good 2017, too. And even even still, even after an injury real 2017 for Aaron Sanchez, I was still saying he'd be the one I'd be extending uh, long term. Even, even if Aaron Sanchez doesn't figure out his finger issues and continues to have problems, and they finally decide maybe... He needs to go to the bullpen because that is a topic of conversation as well. It has been in the past among a whole bunch of different bloggers. If you extend him to a somewhat friendly contract, he could be a really dominant high-end reliever. So eventually, yeah, exactly. So you have a few other options if you extend uh, uh, Aaron Sanchez. One way or the other, it's not quite going to fall into the Dustin McGowan ballpark as much as I love Dustin McGowan. <laughs> At least I don't <laughs> think either of them going that far, um, regardless either of you getting um, an extension out of either of them as far as that goes. But as far as extensions go, but fellas, we have the, the axe man as we you know broke the news during last week's show. <laughs> He's official now, though. Um, so Strowman uh, got his wish, allegedly. I guess about getting veteran talent, but I don't think he specified level. <laughs> so, um, Callum, what do you think? You could bring in somebody like him back in a minor league deal. Obviously, there's no such thing as a bad minor league deal, but I think this is what the young kids need. Well, I don't know if you can expect much more than what uh, Axford provided last season. He's a low-leverage Maybe he's a mop-up duty guy. You're going to get a four and a half ERA from him, but um, he's done it in the past. He was a he was a closer for Mo- for Milwaukee, and he he's had some good years. So he's got 
tons of uh, experience that he can pass on to a relatively inexperienced Blue Jays bullpen. Yeah, I mean, there's your veteran, right? And I wouldn't be surprised if they had a few more veteran relievers on minor league deals. And he, Axford definitely knows that if he pitches well, he'll be flipped again, just like he was for the Dodgers last year. So no mm-hmm. uh, no hot And on the words of being proud of the city he's from and plays for, you know, wearing number 77 is back. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just how it is I think that's just how thing, he wanted to be here and I think he got what he wanted and it's that simple you know sometimes especially at the point where your career where Johnny Axe is at you know maybe he's a little removed from the you know mustache days in brewer country but <laughs> you know as far as it goes he's going to be happy and he's going to be looking forward to pitching out there for the Blue Jays so I th- don't think it's a bad signing and like you said it's at least the experience level of having somebody for some of these young kids to look at look at Elvis Luciano what if he attaches to him you know he's going to probably be with yep. his club opening day which is very impressive but <laughs> it's a wild card at best. So yeah, we've seen this before with uh, Miguel Castro, who was supposed to be the closer of the future, and somewhat flamed out and was dealt to Colorado. If he had a guy like Oxford in his corner, would it have made much of a difference? We don't know, but it can't hurt to try. <clears throat> I always think the fun side of that Miguel Castro concept is the fact that Roberto Osuna was in that bullpen too and ran away mm-hmm. with the job. And it's just yeah. amazing that story from that season. The fact that 2015 started out with those two guys in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Norris in, and Sanchez, I believe, in the starting rotation. Yeah. Yep. So as far as it goes, that was a completely different lineup by the end of the day and playoff push, obviously. But as far as it goes, I was in that stadium when Tulo was playing the Yankees, man, and that was something funny now that he is with the Yankees. Um, it's, it's amazing, though. Wow, that's baseball for you. So as far as spring training fun goes, Blue Jays fans, um, like I said, we got a collective group here this evening that is going to hopefully give you all the wonderful, fun hot spots after you, you know, exit the ball game, which is a wonderful throwback at, I forget, whatever the heck the name is now, field <laughs> for the Dean Blue Jays. Um, but Callum is a frequent visitor, and let's talk 411 on, uh, you know, the Blue Jays' home, spring home. Well, I was just back there in uh, December and did a, a little tour of Dunedin and, and checked out what was new. And I, and I think um, Blue Jays fans are going to be flocking to the Hi-Fi rooftop bar post-game. So if you're familiar with Dunedin, you're probably, you've seen at some point the Fenway Hotel. And the Fenway has been extensively renovated by the Tai Chi Society and uh, turn into a hotel and they have a new rooftop bar which is within a five minute walk of the stadium and beautiful views of the beach and pier and a little bit of the marina and Dunedin. Yeah. After a day game on a Saturday though it might not be a five minute walk it might be a ten minute stumble just saying. It might be a ten minute stumble <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> um and it, I have never been in that hotel, but I've been down there many, many times. That was one of those things that I, I it was well overdue for a uh, renovation, just like the Blue Jays ballpark. But we'll get to that piece in a uh, few moments. Um, 
Calum wrote a great article for anybody that's trying to go down to spring training this, um, you know, spring or even even go to Dunedin to go catch a Dunedin Blue Jays game, which I will highly recommend as well. Um, for MopUpDuty.com, and you got to check this out. It has literally every stop you can possibly do for bars, breweries, food, things around the area to do for fun, whatever you might find within the ballpark there is right ready at your fingertips in this article for fun places to check out but so is that your favorite spot after being down there recently uh so i can't say it's my favorite spot i'm gonna have to go with rosie's it is uh right downtown with an outdoor patio free popcorn and a super dog friendly bar it's it's been my favorite since I first originally went to uh, Dunedin nearly ten years ago, and it remains my favorite today. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the one that's right down the street from where they actually have the dog mural painted on the side of the one uh, bar, or is that am I thinking of something else? I think you might be thinking of uh, a different one. Like Either that. I think it's Skips. Skips. That's it. Skips. Yeah. Skips has the actual mural of Doggy Eden right on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I think that it, these are the things that when the Blue Jays were telling me that they were possibly going to leave the town of Dunedin, it kind of made me upset. As far as all mm. the things were concerned, I, it's just such a nice little like everyday town. You know, where if you go just down the street into the Clearwater area, you know, it kind of goes from good block, bad block, good block, good block, bad block, back and forth constantly. This is just a nice, right. nice homey area. That It just, it's immersed in history, just like the Blue Jays, and it's been the place you birthed the team in, basically. That was the first place that Blue Jays played any games before they had anything to do with Toronto, right? This is before Exhibition yeah. Stadium. They played every game in that ballpark that is still there. It does feel a little bit like a time warp, and I'm sure you two can attest to that. <laughs> but I think they're going to do really good with these renovations and make it a wonderful spot for Blue Jays fans to flock into the spring and throughout the you know Florida State leagues. Um, yeah, I, Alan. Right. After reading after reading your piece, I can already tell you that the next time I go down there, as I was saying before we hopped on. Uh, last time I was down there, well, I was in grade 12, uh, and I'm about to turn 27, so well before I turn 21, but I can already say that the Chicka Boom Room in Kelly's, the piece, uh, or the section of your piece that got my attention is Cheapy Yinglings are always on tap, because that is one of my, oh, yeah, that's favorite, right. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite American beers that you cannot get in Canada, so I always, whenever I cross the border, bring back some Yinglings, so... Uh, I'm excited to get back down there, and your article definitely, uh, definitely uh, wants me uh, or makes me want to get back down there. Yeah, the Chicka Boom Room has always been a popular um, venue for fans and baseball writers alike. I know Richard Griffin was a frequent visitor for the two-dollar Younglings at Happy Hour, which always follow uh, day games at Dunedin Stadium. <clears throat> oh, two bucks. Oh, I wish. <laughs> well, now I now I have to throw it in perspective. Is I don't know if you guys know this or not. Do you know why the Yinglings are so cheap? Pretty much in that area of Florida in general. No, do tell. Yingling actually has their secondary brewery in Tampa, so they have the one in Pennsylvania, uh -huh. just outside Philly, and then there's one actually in Tampa, Florida, that 
I have went and done the tour, it was very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as far as Kelly's is concerned, uh, the Chicka Broom Room is concerned, that's a really fun place just to hang out in their back. They have a really cool back patio kind of like area in the back there, and it kind of, uh, I think, sums up the Florida vibe. <laughs> I think that's accurate to say, Craig. Yeah, and um, I, I think this is how we actually, funny enough, got started talking, everybody. As Callum and I were bantering back and forth on Twitter, I uh, recommended getting the breakfast or the brunch deal on the weekends at Kelly's, which I was honestly blown away with by the food, and maybe that was because I had two, three Bloody Marys with it. I don't know. Either way, it was really, <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> but... It's amazing just the the stuff that's around there because you can there's not just the stuff in Dedean there's everything's like in a 15 minute drive it's kind of insane it's a really nice spot for the Blue Jays to have a home in the spring yeah there's a there's a great spot to uh, Dunedin Marina called the Old Bay Cafe I think I've got it listed on uh, on my places to eat but it's also a great place to drink and it actually uh, was Ross Atkins first stop as uh, Blue Jays newly minted GM when he had his first spring training in Dunedin. Nice. He was there with his daughter. I saw him there, and we talked a little bit about uh, the ball club, and he was uh, very, very pleasant. Uh, he, A few fans were telling him that uh, he needs to turn Roberto Osuna into a starter sooner rather than later, and he humored them for as long as they wanted to talk about it, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the things about Dunedin, too. You never know who you're going to run into. I've seen Aaron Sanchez and his family at Casatina's, the Mexican restaurant. And uh, I've seen Aaron Loop actually uh, having drinks at a bar called In the Loop, ironically. <laughs> that would, you couldn't have wrote that Hollywood script any better there, Callum. <laughs> <laughs> And not to mention, maybe after Loop retires, that's where he hosts his podcast. You can have In the Loop with Loop or something. Oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> um, and that's a cool little spot there, too, in the uh, kind of like in the yacht area there, the hotel, isn't it? Yeah, it's right in the, the parking lot of the Best Western Yacht Harbor Inn. I think that's what it's called. So, more fun, but... I think it's funny that our typical bar room chat here, Brendan, is turning into where all the drinking spots are in Dunedin. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, hear the, I can literally hear the peanuts hitting the TV <laughs> as we're pissed <laughs> off about Blue Jays baseball and hearing the news. <laughs> um, I but, think there's uh, an angst-filled conversation surrounding Marcus Stroman into uh, exciting uh, non-Blue Jay-related conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well... As the three of us talk here, we're probably the only podcast giving the grand review on the town of Dunedin, period. And all I'm hearing is I'm going to have a stinking good time for all you listeners. <laughs> uh, but along with all the you know breweries, bars, and everything like that, they, the food, man. Like you were saying, Casetinas for having uh, Mexican food. There's a good vibes that has kind of more of a... I, don't know how to describe it but it's kind of like a juice place it's mm -hmm. something different um i'm trying to think there was this little place literally it's like you see the fancy yacht club and then just to the left of it kind of almost in the park is literally a dock that they serve amazing fish and island drinks at 
<laughs> like if you yeah, want. Craig. I think that's that's actually the old Bay uh, Cafe where Ross Atkins was. Got it. I couldn't remember the name of it when I was down there mm. the last time. I just walked into it because it's kind of per my usual. <laughs> so, but it's just good quality food no matter where you go. And your list here, Callum, is just endless from anything from barbecue, Mexican to, you know, what you would expect in the Florida for, you know, seafood in general. That's right. So things to do, man. What else do I do after I leave the ballpark? So, um, if you're a beach kind of guy, bring sunscreen and head over to Honeymoon Island in Caladesi State Park. They are two beaches just across the um, Dunedin Causeway. And uh, if you want to pretend like you're Tom Hanks in Castaway, Head out to these islands and you won't see another soul for as long as you walk, sail, jet ski, paddleboard, kayak, whatever your poison is. Uh, it's a really, really great time. It's only about $14 to take the ferry over and uh, you can work on your chance so that you can tell everybody you were away over the spring. <clears throat> yeah. Or if you just want to soak up the normal, everyday American beach vibe or spring break feel, Clearwater Beach is literally 10 minutes away, except that the traffic yep. over the one bridge could vary that drive. <laughs> That's right, and if you don't have a car, there's um, there's a trolley service. It costs 250 each way, and uh, there's actually a ferry now from Dunedin Marina to Clearwater Marina, but it takes about an hour. <clears throat> Yeah, it's not a short boat ride in that shop that's, uh, no. you know, the ocean. <laughs> Although I have seen, literally from my time fishing, I've seen everything from dolphins to people catching sharks to manatees <laughs> in the midst of all the fun. So it's um, pretty much anything for your aquatic life. And if you want to get into the fun, you got the dolphin tail story thing going on at the Clearwater Aquarium. So something, something for everybody in the area down mm-hmm. there. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, uh, Callum, before we dive into possible renovations? <laughs> sure. So uh, I think probably one of the main attractions uh, for spring training fans is the ability to go to the minor league complex and see the prospects up close. It's literally like walking onto a, a high school field. You're 10 to 15 feet away from baseball's next superstars, and it's really a great time. However, this year with the renovations to the training center, uh, it will be closed to the public. So if you're thinking about hitting that up, uh, I hate to disappoint you, but it's better knowing now than when you get down there that you won't be able to see the prospects of tomorrow. Now the question is, can I see it from the rooftop bar with binoculars? (laughs) (laughs) I wish you could, Craig. Uh, I had to make the goof because that was the first place we (laughs) talked about. So, (laughs) Anyway, um, Brendan C. and I feel like you've been left out of this conversation a little bit, man. (laughs) The the renovations. Go ahead. Are you going to fly me down to Dunedin? I wish I could, but we don't have that kind of budget here when we're only making like five cents an episode. (laughs) <laughs> like I told you, I'm going to buy you that beer on Friday that I owe you. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. So as far as it goes, this has been recent news, but I don't know. I feel like Ben Nichols Smith and everybody really got into this 
really quickly and then the story kind of faded away but there is a massive undertaking as Callum was just alluding to to renovating the Toronto Blue Jays spring home and it has started at the training facility at this point and the picture is running very impressive of what's going on here yeah I I think one one thing we touched on before we came on was a stadium that's not too far from their spectrum field which used to be Bright House Field where I've actually seen my only spring training game uh, is kind of what they're looking to model it after, just making it so much more modern. And it looks like there's going to be, because from what I remember of Dunedin, uh, you couldn't walk around the entire stadium, and it looks like they're going to finally allow for that to be the case and add more seats. So uh, the pictures look quite impressive. Yeah, the one big note that um, I'm sure you guys all noticed was the fact that it wasn't really a complete, horseshoe for the back side of the field there was always that void in left field where it almost looked like they could be bringing in a clown car or something <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but um the fact that they're just gonna finally put the final the, the finishing touches on this ballpark but they i think they found a nice way to finding that bridging the classy like older style with the newer modern stuff without going over the top callum what do you think uh, well yeah it's it's certainly no secret that um, the current stadium is a relic and you just need to look down the street to see the Phillies ballpark to see what the perfect spring training ballpark can be. Uh, so the plans look like they have way more amenities, maybe a tiki bar, possibly outfield grass seating. So it's going to be a lot more fan friendly than anybody who's been to the meeting is used to. Yeah, the one thing at least I love that they didn't change, and I know that you guys have been in the field and whatnot, you are right on top of the action in the ballpark mm-hmm. as it currently sits. Yeah. So as far as everything goes with them, not really changing the main part of the facility, but you know, kind of knocking down certain pieces of it and adding to it kind of is more or less where this renovation is going to the ballpark. They're gonna, You're still going to be in the what is quote-unquote the nosebleed seat, which is still within a play- point where I can throw a baseball to the pitcher standing on the mound, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so the fact that they're not losing that small-town vibe, I think, in the same midst of this whole thing, I think just speaks wonderful to what the town was able to work out with an organization and a, what was looking a lot more like a breakup than a success story at one point. So... Anybody got anything to add? All right, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> they must have done something right if there's nothing to talk about. Because <laughs> we only talk about the terrible things on this show, right? <laughs> right. So, Brendan, let's dive back into the top prospects countdown here. So, I know we were talking that spring training games are about to kick off here this weekend, but we got you know a few more prospects to go through so why don't we jump into it here where we're actually going to be talking about adam clovenstein at number 15 last year's draft pick haven't seen a lot of them yet <laughs> yeah not a, not a whole lot to go off of really but i mean he's one of those guys as callum was saying you're not going to be able to go see at the minor league complex the bottomatic center because it's all under renovations but I mean, man, he's 18 years old. He's 6'5", 243, so he's a big, big kid. And his fastball gets a 50 out of 60 on Fangraph's prospect report. And 
he's already number eight according to Fangraphs on uh, the prospect ranking. So he is a big arm, and it's clear the last few years of some of their draft picks that they are going for the big, big build in guys like Nate Pearson and Adam Quasenstein. So he looks like he's going to be really good, but he's still quite a ways away. Yeah, quite a, probably quite a ways out of the way, but as far as it goes, this is another guy that's in the Nate Pearson mold like you were alluding to. Big, monster guy that's just all muscle. I can throw the ball really hard. The one thing that our friends over at Prospects Live mentioned that I really, really enjoyed here is that he actually has a full arsenal of pitches, and I'm assuming that's probably why that the guys have been ranking him typically higher than maybe where we have. I guess uh, you, me, and some of the other guys are ranking our <laughs> list more in the what can you do for me now <laughs> ballpark. <laughs> so as far as it goes, but he's already got, like I said, a good full arsenal of what they're saying is featuring five pitches up to this point. That's, That's already impressive. above impressive guy for eight, an 18-year-old kid that was drafted third round. And more or less they saved some money in the first couple rounds to get him. <laughs> it's kind of what I'm raking in from our friends over at Prospects Live. So, good good move for the Blue Jays to keep drafting well and to somebody that projects strong. Um, then the, this part of the list is where it gets weird, Brendan, as far as it goes, because these are like a, we're going to get three guys here that pretty much right in a row that nobody really has seen a ton of. The next guy on the list is shortstop slash third baseman Miguel Geraldo who is, um, you know, a young Dominican <laughs> that has just been signed international free agents. So, um, oh, yeah, very had impressive. a good year last year. Go ahead. He had a good year last year, too. I mean, he hit 313, 381 OVP, uh, 139 WRC+. So he looks like, uh, again, ways away. He's only 18, but uh, adding to that talented depth of uh, infield prospects. Yeah, the one thing I've seen, uh, the guy, our guys at Prospects Live have actually had some good video on him. If anybody is looking to get further into this, we'll make sure we post that up on Twitter as well. Um, he tends to get out in front of things a little bit is kind of what they're alluding to in the midst of that as far as he's young and it's showing. Uh, gets out on his front foot and doesn't get all his weight into the whole swing is the one thing here. And um, you kind of can see that a little bit in some of those ball the strikeout numbers but it doesn't stand out at the level that he's at currently but they're hoping with experience that that would go away would be the prospects live scouting report on Miguel Geraldo <laughs> so unfortunately Jason uh, Waddell and some of our friends weren't able to join us tonight Brendan and I, this is of course the episode I was hoping they'd be able to find some fun <laughs> so I feel like I'm, spe I'm preaching <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to go into a lot more depth than we are about these next few prospects. Yeah. So next on the list is Arelvis Martinez, and the only video I have seen on him is actually provided by Prospects Live. And I literally just retweeted it before this show. <laughs> uh, but he's only 16, but apparently has a very high ceiling as we wasted 70% of our international free agent money on Aralvis Martinez last season. Yeah, I mean, the last time they signed a 16-year-old kid, they ended up being pretty damn good, didn't they? Uh, so, oh, come I mean, on, hey. that's yet to be proven. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So, that's, uh, Work on our defense, they say. <laughs> a little too big uh, at this point. 
Oh, he, looks, uh, he doesn't even have a Fangraphs page yet. I was going through and looking for his Fangraphs page, and he doesn't even come up. I mean, he's only 16, yeah. but if they spent that much money on him, that definitely means that they believe in this kid's ceiling. So uh, without having much information or data to go off of or make any assumptions off of, I'm just going to go on the fact that they spent that much of their international free agent signing. Uh, They're uh, expecting money. him to be in that Vlad conversation. That's infinitely what I've been reading on the one, on the kid. And he's quick to the ball, so may not be as much power being more of a middle infielder type build person. But, hey, I don't care. He's 16 right now. He could come a lot of things. Complete wild card at this point, which could be a very good thing or just may not amount to anything. But you never know. All right, so picking things back up, we're getting into some people that we might know or at least we've heard of in the last... (laughs) You know, so much of Blue Jays baseball. Coming in at number 12, we have Hector Perez. Um, last year acquired, man. Another uh, talented player that we got back in trades. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was brought over in the Roberto Asuna trade with David Paulino and Ken Giles. And he, again, like Adam Klonstein, not as big, uh, also much more advanced than Klonstein. He's Perez 22, but... He has an electric fastball, great slider, the splitter too. So he actually has a really wide variety of pitches in his arsenal that he can use at his disposal. And he's in double A last year. It wouldn't surprise anybody to see him get up to triple uh, A at some point this year, but he's got to figure out that command first. I mean, you just look at his stats with uh, New Hampshire last year. In 25 innings, he almost walked six batters per nine innings. I know that's not a very accurate stat to go off of. It could be, um, it's not the most reliable one, but that's a lot to walk in, per nine innings. So, but yeah, no, he's got a huge, huge arm. So it's even possible that we could see him this year in September. But uh, I'm, I might even be a little bit more excited than Hector Perez than I am being Paulinos because Perez could start as well. Yeah, he's had the um, pedigree up to the last season, more or less, where he didn't get in as many starts as he did previous years, but. As far as things go, he has the length that he could flip flop. I think. I hope. I don't think he. I think he will eventually cement in one or the other. Though I don't see him being the back and forth players or Jabba Chamberlain on us or anything like that. But um, as far as all the things go, he's a solid righty that has plenty to work with. And in all reality, if he did figure even some of that control out, this could be somebody that could be a sneaky dark horse candidate for the bullpen. Yeah. No, without a doubt, him and Paulino could be battling for a bullpen job uh, this spring training. Yeah, and I'm sure they're good friends from being in Houston, so there's a little bit of rivalry there, right? <laughs> so, anyway, I know Callum's been waiting to talk TJ Zoik, so <laughs> coming in at our number 11 spot before we break into our top 10 here, and our last prospect that we're going to talk about, TJ Zoik. Have you gotten a chance to see him? I have actually. I either last year or the year before, I got to see Zoic at the Bobby Maddock training complex. And the first thing to me that stands out is he's giant. He's like six seven or sixty or six eight, just a, a really imposing figure on the mound. But he doesn't miss a lot of bats. He throws a sinker, which is it was basically just a fastball with a little bit of arm side run. He throws a 12-6 to curveball, not much break on it, a show-me slider, and uh, 
really not much of a changeup at all. He throws strikes, and hitters are just making a lot of contact, a lot of ground ball outs. Yeah, and that's kind of the, you know, that's a great mold for somebody like Zoic to fit into as far as where the a good change of pace for a future rotation at this point. You know, we mm-hmm. got a couple guys that can really air it out. <laughs> and then you have somebody like, mm-hmm. you know, Barucki and Zoic that give you that nice change of pace, you know. Obviously, Barucki being the lefty throws another, you know, wonderful wild card into it. But it was weird last season for Zoic. He was really good in Dunedin, gets promoted to New Hampshire, and then he, it just seemed like he turned something on. You know, he got a 3.08 ERA, and that was through 120 innings. So that's a very sizable uh, sample size in great competition as the New Hampshire Fisher Cats ran into the championship and won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I'm seeing what Callum is saying. It doesn't look like he misses many bats at all, uh, even though he was impressive in uh, 2018, barely over 6K per nine uh, in 2018 in 120 innings. The one thing I am very impressed about is in a very large sample size, uh, it doesn't seem like uh, opposing hitters get the ball in the air very much because his home run to fly ball was only 6.6%. So he keeps the ball in the ballpark and in a launching pad like the American League East, all five American League East ballparks are. That's a that's a very good uh, thing to keep the ball in the ballpark. So, no, I, I'm excited about it. Like I think Callum New York too, and, and Craig. So I would not be surprised. Kind of like Hector Perez, if, if Zoic gets here uh, by September. If it's any earlier, then a lot went wrong in the rotation, especially some of the guys who are a little more polished than him. But uh, definitely could be a potential <laughs> call up. One way or the other, I think it's destined for a Buffalo Bisons this season. Do you guys agree with me? Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Craig, and I also think you're probably going to see another uptick in his performance just because he's such a pronounced ground ball pitcher with a, a, a defense behind him, which is that higher level. It's only going to help him. <clears throat> yeah, that is all always helpful, and I think he's going to be the the younger guy in that rotation in Buffalo really anchoring it i think because you know you're going to have that mix of the, some of these veteran guys that are lingering or the crossovers back and forth between him and um why am i blanking right now and sean reed foley probably being the other guy that's going to be the odd man out that's a pretty good punch for what i was reading on twitter funny enough was the uh was it 2017 Deneen blue jays champions 2018 uh new hampshire fisher cats champions 2019 buffalo bisons question question mark <laughs> <laughs> so I, I credit the New Hampshire Fisher Cats incredible social media t- team for putting that one together <laughs> if you're looking for a fun <laughs> Twitter account to follow you have to click on those New Hampshire Fisher Cats that guy's major league worthy whoever's doing that <laughs> so um, but Zoik is a very interesting arm and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him this year and uh, Brendan we're going to have to meet up for that beer I think you know at Salem Field at some point <laughs> yeah, no, there's just another reason to go down to Buffalo for game uh, once the season starts to catch TJ Blake, uh his turn through the rotation. It's going to be a very interesting you know, summer, I think, in Buffalo, which we've seen this coming, me being the guy here in Rochester, New York, and <laughs> you know, watching all these minor league teams come through. It, it is something amazing to see that the Buffalo Bisons have built up to being a great organization again with the Toronto Blue Jays at the helm. And 
watching guys like Zoik and Vlad and everybody, you know, and company coming through, it's going to be a very interesting year for baseball for the first time in, God, years for the Buffalo yeah, Bison. When was the last time the Bison to make the playoffs? Oh, you're going to have to make me Google things. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels like it's been forever, but I got a fun, interesting tidbit for you guys. Did you know the Buffalo Bisons actually used to be a Major League Baseball team? What? When? <laughs> they weren't called the Bisons at the time, but pre-modern day of baseball, Buffalo, New York actually had a Major League Baseball team. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I only learned that when I was doing, before Jay's Journal at the time, history articles on each one of the minor league affiliates as they stood. They are still the current ones. Um, but I couldn't believe that when I read it. My jaw almost dropped. And like I said, I live an hour down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of interesting but yes I'm still googling while I'm talking as I can't do two things at once I, 2005 that's the last time they made it when they were the affiliate of the Cleveland Indians I knew it enough. had been at least a decade yeah 2005 it's been quite a while can you imagine that park with probably not Vlad at that point but Bo Bichette anchoring a playoff run for the Bisons they would probably get a lot of people coming down from the GTA for games during the playoffs and sell that place out. Buffalo could be a very, very hot city uh, this summer to go visit for uh, for baseball fans. For a team that, for, for a town, I mean, that has uh, literally been just dying for anything playoff-related, I'm pointing at my Buffalo Bills, my Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best talk in town has been the Buffalo Bulls, UB, uh, college <laughs> teams uh, in the town. So as far as local sports go in the area, you know, it, it's going to be good to see, I think, all that talent in one place. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And it will bring more people to the lovely bars that you and I keep frequenting, Brendan, every time we're in Buffalo. <laughs> That's right. And yep. again on Friday. Yep. We'll talk <laughs> about that after the show. <laughs> um, but as far as things goes, gentlemen, I have – a couple questions spring training like we've been talking right off the bat here first game saturday against the tigers i believe yeah and what i know it's the first first uh game first thing that comes to your mind that you want to see callum go (laughs) a healthy aaron sanchez i don't know if he's making the start or not but that's all i want to see (laughs) okay and brendan go next uh, I just want to hear Buck Martinez and how often he uh, makes blunders on the TV on uh, on Saturday. But no, really, I think Callum summed it up pretty good. Uh, I think Aaron Sanchez definitely needs to uh, show that he's healthy. But yeah, I don't know. They haven't announced he's starting on Saturday yet, but I'm sure we'll get that news in the next few days. But other than that, I'm excited to see Charlie Montoyo manage his first uh, fake baseball game. Yeah, there you go. That's the big thing, right? Uh, we have all sorts of new faces, and I am shocked that neither of you said Vlad. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed yeah. one of the two of you, you know, or is it just one of those things neither one of you wanted to really commit to having another 30-minute Vlad watch? Yeah, <laughs> Craig. And Callum, you answered that correctly. We both gave you the non-easy answer. <laughs> so I have to be the prick that brings it up. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, do you think he get? He's got to get a start on Friday or on Saturday. You think? 
or do you think we're going to really see Chris Drury or, or not? Yeah, Brendan Drury, Chris Drury. I'm talking Sabers now. <laughs> yeah, <it's> hockey. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I I I don't know. I don't know if they play. Are, are they going to start him on uh, there uh, on uh, Saturday? My guess would be Brandon Drury, but uh, you never know. Yeah, maybe it's just my thinking. A lot of the earlier games tend to be started by the next guard, usually because it's kind of get that get everybody out. I remember last year. I felt like they trucked out all the guys that we have traded <laughs> in the last year um, as mm. far as prospects go. But, um, you know, they're going to play two, three innings with the, the main stars, and then everybody, we're, we, for all we know, we're going to see guys in the minor league camp by the end of the time, you know. So either way, baseball is back. Are they broadcasting the game on Saturday? They are. Yeah, they are. Both Saturday and Sunday, Sportsnet's carrying the game. Man, and I'm not prepared. We could have done a live show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Callum, I don't know if you've heard from our terrible tweeting or not, but every once in a while we do live games so that people don't have to listen to Buck and Pat. <laughs> How refreshing. <clears throat> uh, so as far as things go, if you want to join in on that, obviously you're welcome anytime. So, well, thank you for the invite. <clears throat> As far as the – that's the things you want to see. Is Are those the things you guys are looking forward to in the first week of spring training games, period? Or is there something different for either of you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, spring training, I just it's, – it's a great opportunity for me to see the guys I don't usually get to see play. So I'm looking forward to Vladdy. I'm looking forward to seeing Bo. I want to see how Freddie Galvis is. I want to see if – Guriel has made strides on defense. Uh, I want to see if Devin Travis is, is healthy and ready to go. It's just uh, it's great to check in with, with all the guys and, and answer those questions that have been hanging over everybody's head over that offseason. Yeah, that yeah, middle infield thing is going to be interesting. There's so many question marks that need answering, which makes spring training actually worth watching other than getting back into the baseball routine which is what I'm excited for, knowing that every single day you have something to listen to on the radio at work during the month of March, uh, but also uh, just being able to get back and, and, and watch them on TV again. That's exciting enough as it is. Yeah, good deal. So, Callum, um, I give all my guests a, a few minutes of shine. Tell me what you're working on, what you do, all that kind of good stuff. So... Uh, as we talked about before the show, uh, Mop Up Duty is is my Blue Jays based blog, but uh, updates to that are few and far between. But uh, if you want to check it out for all your spring training and Dunedin related uh, guide needs, please hit up one word, mopupduty.com. And it is a great article that you put together. Literally one-stop shopping for your whole tourism bit around Dunedin and the surrounding areas. So, Callum, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, my friend. It's been a pleasure being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. Brendan, uh, your turn, buddy. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do next other than continuing the top 30 prospects countdown. I know I'm signed up to write about Danny Jansen, uh, which I believe will go out on Sunday. Uh, but other than that, maybe uh, do something on which young arm will rise to the occasion and perhaps steal a rotation job uh, away from Clayton Richard. As I consistently said over the last few episodes, they don't want Clayton Richard in 
in the rotation. You've made uh, that abundantly pick. clear at this point. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I will, I'll continue to make it clear too. So uh, that maybe finally get all of that uh, uh, down on uh, some scribble and on uh, on jaystrammel.com. Yeah, um, at least for your. For your level of sanity, Brendan, there are more and more people listening to this show every week, so there might the word might get to somebody important. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait for the day that somebody tweets me and like, why do you hate Clayton Richards so much? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna end up like that kid on Twitter today that was screaming about the Yankees not getting Manny Machado and why he was so oh, yeah. happy. <laughs> that was so funny. I was dying, and I think I tweeted out right after that. I was like, man, I wish I was that passionate about sports when I was that age. I might be getting paid to do this <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it says starting late. <laughs> so, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. We're pretty much dead on our normal hour mark. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. I appreciate the, uh, you know, visit. <laughs> So, Blue Jays fans, don't forget to hit up us on, you know, at BirdWatchingGC on Twitter for all your Jaybird watching needs. Also, hit up JaybirdWatching.com. This episode is, you know, going to continue our prospects countdown. We will have a live show some point for you at spring here uh, so we can give you some, you know, pet and buck muting. And don't forget to make sure you hit us up on the iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures for. And join the conversation. We're here to hang out and talk. Callum joined this conversation just because him and I were goofing on Twitter. <laughs> so right. it's all good. So anyways, Blue Jays fans, thanks again and peace out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.